not only are we going to New Hampshire, we're going to South Carolina and Oklahoma and Arizona and North Dakota and New Mexico. We're going to California and Texas and New York. We're going to South Dakota and Oregon and Washington and Michigan. And then we're going to Washington, D.C. to take back the White House. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. You are listening to America's Healthcare Challenge with Sean McGuire. Join the conversation at 402-342-1290 or at 800-577-1290. Once again, direct from the American heartland, here's your host, Sean McGuire. Welcome back to America's Healthcare Challenge, the number one healthcare reform show on the planet Earth. It is Independence Day weekend. We're here at News Talk 1290 Coil. And I'd like to introduce to you one of my best friends. Sean McGuire is on the phone with us right now, my friend. And how are you doing today on this rainy, overcast, cloudy day in Omaha? Well, I'm doing great, Alan. It's uh, great to hear from you and uh, hear what you're up to in the calls. And it's uh, actually pretty nice up here in the Twin Cities where I'm at. Uh, I'm at a at a wedding, actually. But... Uh, the wedding of a couple of physicians, and so there's a lot of their colleagues, and I tell you what, it's just been interesting to hear uh, some of their reaction to the changes happening uh, in healthcare reform that affects them, uh, the people that take care of us as Americans. So it's been uh, really enlightening, and I'm looking forward to, to bringing that to the audience next week, and uh, they can check out our blog post uh, on health reform explained as well. So you heard about all of these different lawsuits that all these insurance carriers are uh, taking on against the federal government on the risk corridor payments. Mm-hmm. What do you, what's your take on that? Oh, I mean, this is just the beginning. It's almost like step two. Remember the game Jenga? Yep. Uh, you know how you start pulling out pieces and things start to eventually rattle. And I would say the first piece that fell out of uh, the ACA would be something that goes way back. If you, if you look at the law, it has 10, sections in it and one whole section was just completely stripped out because health and human services looked at it and said you know what we can't even make this work there's no way this is even going to happen there it was a it was called the class act which was uh, a way for people to get uh, long-term care insurance i believe right and coverage along those lines but you ask somebody to pay in uh, premiums for several years before they actually receive a benefit uh people don't really like that and so that was, I guess, the first piece of the Jenga uh, thing of the ACA that got pulled out. And uh, more and more have been pulled out as we go along. And this, this lawsuit is, is a reflection of, um, you know, not only the, the parts of the law that uh, might have been flawed and unworkable, but also the fact that Congress is going to change and has changed many pieces of this legislation. And, you know, one of the things uh, that they did was, uh, get rid of, did, first of all, did not fund some of the money that was counted that these co-ops were counting on and causing right. them to go out of business. And then some of these uh, these risk quarter things are, are starting to fall in line on another thing. Uh, Marco Rubio, the presidential candidate, uh, well, one of his things was talking about how he was trying to unravel uh, the Affordable Care Act or Obamacare. And so right. well, that, that's, that's the section he was talking about. And the problem is these insurance companies um, well, you know, we're told that they're going to be getting these funds. And so it's just 
kind of an alarming thing because the government, at least on this issue, is um, not turning out to be a very good business partner. Well, <laughs> they what have does a... Donald Trump do to business partners that don't like him? He sues them. You're fired. I mean, yeah, or you're fired. And so, you know, a lot of times business deals don't work out. And I guess that's the only thing that I'm starting to see. This is just starting to look like a, a bad business deal gone wrong. Right, right, right. And, you know, with that being said, then you look at, you know, H.R. 5447, which is for small businesses to be able to have the ability to do uh, HRAs again. Yep. That, that's, that seems to me like a step in the right direction. Uh, in restoring those uh, types of plans for small businesses. Sure, yeah. I mean, those are good things and things that people should be agreeing on. And health savings accounts, I think, are good things, given these high deductibles. And I think people should be able to put more um, well, and, in them if they can. And I really liked Ben Carson's idea of allowing people to start having them when they were born and, and let somebody build that up. Could you imagine if you could have 30 or not 30, but maybe 10 years of deductibles potentially by the time you're in your thirties. Yeah. I mean, that would be great. I mean, and I just saw an article in uh, modern healthcare speaking of, uh, you know, 5447 and 1270, 1270 being the restore access to medications act, which was the, uh, eliminates the medicine cabinet tax, allows you to get your, use your HSA on over-the-counter drugs again. President Obama has said he would veto it if it gets to him. And it's bipartisan. They're willing to work together on the Hill. He's not willing to work with them. What do you got to say about that? Uh, that's an interesting point. I didn't know that he was He uh, had sent that, uh, what was it, statement of administration policy uh, on, on those pieces of legislation, but I want, you know, wonder where his uh, where his thinking is. Uh, maybe he doesn't want anything to change. Uh, his, I mean, this is his signature law. I mean, this is the only real domestic policy that they passed in the last eight years. Think about it. Well, and here's what he did say about that: 1270 would create new and unnecessary tax breaks that disproportionately benefit high-income individuals, increases taxes for the lower and middle-class people, and does nothing to improve the quality or address the underlying costs of health care. Well, I'm going to disagree completely with him on that because I have an HSA. I'm not high income. What's he declare high income? $50,000? Well, you know, his speechwriter needs to, you know, do some fact-checking before they uh, put put things like that out there. But well, I, I, uh, that does not – they're fixated on this fact that uh, somebody or – a company, an individual, a small business owner, anybody that makes more than two hundred thousand um, dollars is, uh, you know, is somehow how wealthy. Um, and in the small business world, you got to factor in a lot of the costs associated with with running that business that this person might might make, and so they might actually make a lot of money uh, on paper, but it costs them a heck of a lot of money to get there. So um, that's something that they don't really understand in my opinion and they also don't understand that the majority of people work at small businesses in america uh, including in our state the uh, majority of businesses in the country are small businesses and a lot of people want to offer health insurance to their employees because it's an important benefit people uh, really 
kind of expect it and need it, and a lot of people will stay at their jobs because of health benefits. And that's a fact. And people tell me that all the time. But uh, it, it, small businesses uh, have been murdered um, on the insurance policies that they have available to offer to their employees. And one of the strategies that they do is would be to offer them just a fixed amount of cash to just let them go buy, uh, buy, buy a policy on their own. And right. um, the, that, that's essentially what this, this would do. The IRS, in a rule, said that that's a no-no and uh, pretty, pretty threatened with some pretty scary penalties. But uh, you know, this is just a piece of legislation. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, it doesn't benefit the rich. It benefits employees of small businesses so they can have more affordable health insurance options uh, and something that makes sense for them. Because when you have four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten people in a in a group policy, if one of those people is sick or has a high cost condition, I mean, that can lead to forty or fifty percent rate increases for the company. I mean, that's just massive. They can't afford it. And then they have to start passing it on to employees, and so it might make a lot more sense for them to just give every employee five hundred dollars a month, right? Be done with it, right? And so, you know, that's that's kind of what, what that legislation would do. I think it makes a lot of sense. Some something that uh, both sides can get behind, something that actually does improve the law and work on it. So, uh, I guess we'll see what happens. Hey, sh- I, I'd like to see him veto that. That'd be interesting to see him defend it quick question for you sean um you know you know i'm in you know i'm in school and i'm inundated every day with uh you know how privileged i am and how privileged i was born and it seems like it is the only way that we can kind of get rid of this law is through peace kind of the piecemeal you know factor because obviously you know you know where president obama and and his administration is coming from i mean the, the entire point of this law correct me if i'm wrong was to cure the ill of America's disparity amongst, uh, you know, the rich and the poor. Um, you know, you hear people that make two hundred thousand uh, dollars being called rich. Um, you know, it kind of reminds me of uh, the Kulak story back in Russia. But you know, with that aside, I mean, is there is is there any other way other than this piecemeal that we're seeing with these two laws uh, to try to, you know? fix the problem that we have, which is Obamacare? Well, I mean, if both sides wanted to work together, actually did want to fix it, they could go through a lot of sections and kind of look at the ones that were working and look at the ones that weren't working. But I think the Republicans all along have um, um, picked a poor strategy in trying to repeal this thing all along. They should have said that this is the Democrats' bill. They own it. They jammed it through Congress, you know, in the middle of the night on Christmas Eve as well, et cetera, et cetera, and say, if this thing is so great, you know, they own it, let it stand for itself. And as we can see, it's unraveling on its own. I mean, the, they were supposed to cover 32 million people who were supposed to get insurance, and uh, we just recently informed that, you know, while we had some progress, 1.6 or 1.9 million, one of the two, uh, dropped off. So people <laughs> aren't even keeping their things. So they're not even at a third of where they need to be to meet their own expectations. So I think it needs to unravel if, if, if you if uh, people want it to go away. Hey, Sean, do you want to stay around for the final segment uh, and yeah. uh, give us some predictions and different things? Sure. All right, cool. We're going to uh, take a break right here. 
If you want to jump into the conversation, it's 402-342-1290 or 800-577-1290. You can catch us on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash America's Healthcare Challenge. You're listening to America's Healthcare Challenge on News Talk 1290 on Independence Day weekend. We'll be back right after this. <laughs> 